Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. God, as we are engaged with the narrative of the first century church, we pray for insight and understanding on what kind of relationship uh, you're calling us into with you and with each other. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, we're continuing our winter, winter, it's wind, it feels like winter, our winter, fall sermon series uh, on the uh, subject of the early church, the, the newborn Christian church, and so we've been looking at Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47, and in 42, uh, we've been reading this, that the newborn church devoted themselves to four aspects, the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to a prayer. And so we've already talked about the apostles' uh, teaching, which is, in essence, the, what we find today as the New Testament. Uh, we talked about last week the fellowship, and that gave us a great message on the fellowship, which, by the way, you can find on our podcast. If you look up where you find podcasts, Church of the Advent, hope you will find the message from last week, and definitely worth checking out on uh, the fellowship. And so today we're looking at the third element of the newborn church, and we're trying to discern what is it about the newborn church that really made it thrive, and how can we as a community here at Avon Hope uh, try to exist in a, in a similar fashion? And so today we're looking at the idea of the breaking of the bread. Uh, before we get to that, though, I should, just this idea of being devoted again, the, it says they were devoted, the early church were devoted to these four elements, and uh, the idea of being devoted is that they were laser-focused on these elements. So these were the, the crucial elements that were the backbone to the New Testament church, the first a community in, in Jesus. Now, as we look at the idea of breaking of bread, which is the third element, uh, some Bible students, in fact, many Bible students, have asserted that being devoted to the breaking of bread must only be an illusion to the, the sacrament or the practice of, or, the, or the, uh, the communal practice in, in worship of taking the Lord's uh, Supper. Because uh, they would imagine that being devoted to something as mundane as just eating a meal together uh, doesn't really make a whole lot of uh, sense, that, that that wasn't as important enough for something for the church to be devoted to. Now, I would take uh, issue with that, uh, primarily because what is said about breaking of the bread in the verses preceding, in chapter 46, or verse 46 and 47, which is our text of emphasis uh, today. So you read 46 and 47 as we just did. It says, uh, every day the newborn church continued to meet together in the temple courts. They also broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. This is clearly talking about meals together that the church ate meals together. They broke bread. Breaking bread was not just something that was describing the Lord's Supper. It was describing having a meal together. They broke bread together, and they praised God and had the favor of all of the people. So these meals that the community ate together was an essential part of the bonding of the community. Um, eating together was an essential part of what it meant to be a part of the first century church. Now, 
Uh, this makes sense, I think, because you have a lot of evidence of the importance of meals and eating together in the Bible. So today we're talking about eating together. That's the, that's the subject. Um, as you think back to the Bible stories of famous meals in the Bible, there were a couple that uh, jumped out to me. Uh, there's one way back in the story of like the, the original man of faith, Abraham. And uh, Abraham is sitting out in his tent and he sees three, uh, three men on the road. And so he runs out to them as, as one would do, living in the time and place that Abraham was, and he invites them over to his house and then instructs those who are helping to prepare a meal together. And so he sits down and eats this meal, and in the midst of this conversation, he finds out that he is talking to what's called the angel of the Lord, which uh, Bible students have identified as God uh, embodying him, a, 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 God being incarnate. This is like the first instance of this. Uh, before Jesus again comes and does it uh, himself. And so God has now come in human form, the angel of the Lord, and he is sitting around the, uh, the meal with uh, Abraham. By the way, this is that story where uh, God tells Abraham that uh, Sarah, his aged wife, is to have a child. And you remember Sarah laughs and it's a whole thing. Anyway, this is an important meal in uh, the Bible narrative. Of course, we've got a bunch of Jesus meals in the Bible. Uh, the first one that jumps out is Jesus at the wedding feast, famous for him turning water into wine. We often focus on that element of the story, but uh, the truth is Jesus was having a meal with his disciples and with his wedding party. And if you ever have ever been to a wedding, or Jewish wedding in particular, you know there's, there's fun, there's food, there's dancing, it's a whole thing. But eating a meal together is absolutely essential to the, the community aspect of a wedding. And so Jesus, an important meal of the Bible. I also think of the meals that Jesus had when this happened several times. One in particular when he was out teaching on a, a mountainside and he recognizes that most people don't have enough food to feed themselves and so he provides food for everyone. It's a giant picnic. And so Jesus' invitation to, for the community that, that is that is becoming a community, to have a meal with him, a picnic meal out on the, the mountainside. And so you see this happening throughout the Bible, this importance of eating a meal together to build a community. And this also makes sense as we just think about the reality that in cultures around the world, eating together is, is such an important part of communal uh, building. And so I was, I was thinking about that and reading some, uh, some research that's been done on like meals and how important it is certainly for families to eat together, but, but for communities to eat together. So there's one article written by a psychologist, R.I.M. Dunbar, his paper's titled Breaking Bread, that's, that's an allusion to the Bible passage, Breaking Bread, the Functions of Social Eating. And so he says this, a path analysis suggests that the, the causal direction runs from eating together to bondedness rather than the other way around. And so what he is saying is that there is something profound in eating together that builds bonds between uh, people. And it's actually not the other way around. Eating builds uh, bonds. It's not just bonds that and you end up eating with someone. So when you eat with someone, it builds bonds that are communal, that draw you together. And so it makes sense that communities throughout the ages have found value in eating together and why Jesus himself emphasizes this so much 
as a, an important part of the early church, and we see in Acts chapter 2 this indeed being a practice that they were devoted, devoted to. They were, had laser focus that we must eat together. We must share uh, meals uh, together. And so uh, uh, Dunbar goes on to say that uh, a lot of the recent research is that eating together is actually not only important for building communal bonds, but it's actually good for us as human beings, that it helps develop close friendships and has an, an incredible impact on our health, our mental health, our well-being, and our ability to survive as human beings. And so, again, it makes sense that uh, eating together is such an important part of building community and that God would ask of this, of his community, to eat together. It's an important part of building uh, community. And so eating together was an essential part of the early Christian uh, church. Now, again, this makes sense also in the context of Jesus' words before this in John chapter 17, and so this is in one of Jesus' famous prayers before his uh, sacrifice, before his death. We read in John chapter 17, verse 20, these words, and this is Jesus praying for the community of faith. My prayer is not for the disciples alone, but I pray also for those all who will believe in me through their message that all of them may be one. So Jesus' last group of prayers before his sacrifice is a prayer for unity, for the community of faith. And so this is a part of what Jesus is about. Like, you have to have unity as a community of faith, and that unity comes as we eat and share a meal together. So eating together is incredibly, incredibly important. That's the message of uh, Acts chapter 2, 46 and 47, and all the other narratives in the Bible that involve these important meals that are shared where important things uh, happen. The Christian church was designed to uh, eat together. So with this in mind, uh, and, and the recognition that I think many of us acknowledge that you know eating with other people and sharing meals and growing in community together is important. It actually does help us to grow as individuals and as a community. Uh, it leads to the question then, well, why don't we do more of it? Uh, what inhibits us from experiencing this bondedness of eating together in church uh, community with others? What's inhibiting that from happening uh, more often? And so uh, a couple uh, simple responses uh, to that. Why don't we spend more time bonding in meals in community together with each other? Uh, first of all, simply, you know, we just... We don't make the time. Um, eating together, spending quality time across the table from someone else, breaking bread together takes uh, a time, and we are very busy just trying to survive here in this great uh, city. And sometimes it's hard for us to even eat by ourselves, and so the idea of eating com in community together, <laughs> building community together across the table from someone else is incredibly challenging. And, uh, and then even when we are with someone eating, we're oftentimes, you know, spending time doing work. We're on our phones or we're whatever, and so we're distracted, and so we just are not dedicating time to this issue of building community uh, with each other. We're also spread out from all over the place. You know, as a church community here, I know that we all have this great opportunity to come together here at 1130 on Saturday mornings, but you're all over the city, and so the idea of dedicating time, devoting time, to eat together in community is a little bit uh, challenging. On top of that, we have other things that are going on. We would like to dedicate time to like 
Netflix and, 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 and Disney Plus is now out. And I mean, what are we going to do? There's only so much time. Where are you going to fit in your Disney Plus, Plus time? And so you, we just don't make the time for it. We don't make the time for it. And so this is an incredible challenge. On top of all of that, uh, we're all tired. How many of you are tired today? Oh, so many tired. We're, we're tired. You know, we're running around. We're doing all this stuff. And so the idea of, of, of having to arrange the, the time to meet with other people and eat with other people, as good as it sounds and as healthy as we know it is, is, is challenging. Um, and so we don't make time for it. Uh, secondly, we, even though we know it's good, building community in a meal together, breaking bread with each other, uh, we don't do it we, because... Uh, you know, we already actually kind of have our little groups that we, we meet in, and uh, we don't really have the time or the energy to expand that group. So this is another kind of time element. You know, we already exist in, whether it's a family, so if you have a family, you know, you have uh, kids, you spend your time you know, maybe sharing a meal with them, but the idea of arranging other time to meet in an extended group with their, your church community or your faith community seems a little bit overwhelming. And, um, and yet we remember uh, Jesus' own words in Matthew chapter 12, who challenges by the, the idea, by the way, of just being focused on our families. You know, families are important, but uh, Jesus challenges the idea of the family. Remember this story? Jesus is teaching, and, um, and someone comes up to him and says, hey, your, your mom and brothers are outside, and they're trying to get to you. And... Jesus stops talking and he says, and you got to love this about Jesus, I mean, he just almost had like no, no, no social skills in the context of what we would think someone would say about something. He's like, who, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And then, and then he points to the, the, the community of faith and says, these are my mother, these and my, and my brothers. In essence, saying like the, 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 the community of faith, my, my followers, the believers of, of the community, this is to be our, our family. And so Jesus is challenging the idea of just kind of hunkering down with those closest to us and saying like the church is calling, the community of faith is calling for something bigger than just spending time only with your families as important as they may be be. That's a little bit of hyperbole there from Jesus, but the point is got across very clearly, like the community of faith is broader than just your families. So for those of us who do spend a lot of time with our families and eat with our families and so on, this idea of communal existing together, of eating together outside of those bounds is challenging. But even for the, those of us who who maybe don't have families, certainly in, here in the city, but we also have, we have our group, our friends, that we're always, you know, hanging out with. Everybody has groups that you would naturally maybe associate with, but even then, when we're limited to just a small group of, of people, God is calling us to exist as a, a community, a diverse community, a broad community, that we're to eat with people who aren't just our closest friends, but eat with everyone who's part of the, the family of, of faith. This is challenging in that group uh, too. And so Jesus in Luke chapter 14 challenges this idea too. He says, hey, when you have a luncheon or you have a dinner, don't invite your friends, your brothers, your sisters, your relatives, or your rich neighbors. You know, don't, don't just pick the people that you would love to hang out with when you're having a meal. The, the, the community of faith is made up of a diverse group of people, and we're supposed to be mixing together and be devoted to engaging in community with everybody. 
And yet that's, that's challenging <laughs> because it takes work. Um, the, the third element here is that you know, we have a hard time uh, existing and eating together in community because people are messy. And I don't mean like people are messy eaters, although that is also true. Um, I'm like a little bit of a messy eater. I don't know why, but think, I think it's probably because I'm talking. I don't know if you've ever eaten with me, but I end up talking more than I probably should, and it involves me hitting the plate and things being all over the plate, and a beard doesn't help. Yeah, thank you, Kyle. You really don't want to eat across from a messy eater who has a beard. It's not going to be pleasant. Thank you for that, Kyle. Um, anyway, people are messy, but I'm not talking about just like messy eaters. I'm talking like people's lives are messy. And so this is a challenge because we're messy ourselves, and so the idea of being engaged with someone else, and, and when you sit down to eat with someone, you start conversing, and you, you have conversations, and those conversations can lead to, to, to new bonds between you, but when we're messy, the idea of getting involved with somebody else's messy life can be really, really challenging. And so you know, it's better just to stick with your group Stick with your family or stick with yourself. I don't want to be involved in somebody else's messiness. And yet this is the call of the community of faith. Like we are, we are called to be devoted to each other, including our messiness, each other's messiness. And so we do this as we eat together, as we share stories together, as we talk about our challenges together. This is the call of community, to come together, to eat together, and to share in each other's uh, messiness. You know, it's so easy, especially in contemporary times, to really uh, become a, a little bit of an island, if you will, as individuals. You know, you can order Instacart, you can order uh, takeout from anywhere in the city. I mean, isn't that one of the great things about the city, by the way? I mean, no? I know, I know you guys are ordering takeout. Come on. You know, you don't even have to leave your apartment. You can, you can Netflix. You can order takeout, you can order your groceries, you can get work done without ever talking to anybody else. I mean, that's as crazy as New York is with all the people, we can isolate ourselves into little islands here like nowhere else in the world because you can get everything delivered uh, to you and that seems like the easiest route sometimes. And so we are challenged by this call to live in, in community together, even in the mundane things or the seemingly mundane things like eating uh, together. And yet this is the call of Jesus, inviting us to exist in community. And so we're, we're trying to look at this New Testament church in Acts chapter 2 and discern what can we learn from the vibrancy of the New Testament church that can help us here as a community trying to live in, in God's faith as well here today, and this is an obvious lesson, like we are designed to be devoted to each other and devoted to eating together, something that seems mundane, but for God this is not uh, mundane. And we see this um, in Jesus' own experience. Uh, you know, Jesus cared about eating with people. One of my favorite uh, scenes of the Bible, of, of Jesus, the story of Jesus in particular, is um, after Jesus' resurrection. The, the, some of the followers had seen him and had had conversations, but many had not. And so, but they kept hearing like that he was showing up in places. And so one day, some of the disciples are out on a boat and they are fishing and they are not doing well. And they see a guy on the shore, 
and the guy on the shore yells out to them, put the fish on the other side, and there's a little debate whether this is a good idea or not. They do it. They catch all these fish, and they realize this is, this is Jesus. And so, you know, they, 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 they row in from the shore and jump out of the, the boat, and they run, and then, again, one of my favorite lines of Jesus, he says, come have breakfast. Come have, have breakfast. Isn't that a great line? That's Jesus. This is a great invitation. Come and have breakfast. Now, I think breakfast is the best meal of the day. How many of you are breakfast people? Is there a meal better than many? Is there a meal better than breakfast? No, there is not. Now, I did hear there's a caveat. There's a caveat. Brunch. Can we call this brunch? Yes. We don't know what time of day. Brunch happens after 10, right? When, do you, when does it really qualify as brunch? 11. Or, okay, anyway, breakfast, brunch, it's a delicious meal. By the way, my friend Elizabeth is here. Hi, Elizabeth. Can, I'm going to shout out to Elizabeth. Elizabeth has one of the great brunch spots in the entire city. She runs Urban Vintage in Brooklyn. This is a little advertisement for Elizabeth. You've got go to go to Urban Vintage and have brunch. It's a great brunch spot. I'm not kidding you, Elizabeth. Yeah. No, I, we, we must acknowledge that. So you go and have, the, the assignment today is to find somebody you haven't eaten with and to go to Elizabeth, Elizabeth's Urban uh, Vintage today. Today's message is sponsored, sponsored by Urban Vintage. <laughs> if you run a business, you too can sponsor a sermon at Advent Hope. That is not true. <laughs> so Jesus says, come and have, have breakfast. And so the disciples come and they sit around on the beach, this breakfast prepared by Jesus. By the way, they've got this big load of fish, but somehow Jesus had already gone fishing or he produced fish on his own and they're, they're all roasted there ready for the disciples to sit down and have a meal with him. And in that meal, something incredible happens. Uh, uh, wounds are healed. See, because uh, Peter, who has not yet had his opportunity to really, to really engage Jesus, he gets to, 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 to receive forgiveness from Jesus for the, for the hurt that he did to Jesus by denying him three times. And that's what happens when you sit around a meal together. Bonds are built. Uh, walls are, 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 are dissolved. And, and wounds are healed. And so we have this picture of Jesus with his disciples and particularly with Peter and over a meal, a breakfast that Jesus himself has prepared Wounds are healed. No wonder God calls us to be devoted to eating together. But, but Jesus wasn't just an example on like how to eat together. Uh, Jesus takes it uh, further. In John chapter 8 and verse 48, we are told that Jesus said, I am the bread of life. So what, what Jesus is doing here is not just show, like showing us how to eat together. He's like providing the meal. And, 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 and in a sense, he is the meal. I am the bread of life. So he's using, again, the language of meal, the language of food, the language of eating together to describe his work, that he is the bread, the bread of life. And, you know, for so many cultures, bread is the central element of a meal. Like, it's not a meal unless you have bread in it. And certainly this is the culture that Jesus was existing in the first century. And so for him to say, I am the bread of life, that means he is the center of the meal. Your ancestors, he's talking to the religious leaders now, he says, your ancestors, they ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. 
I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Jesus doesn't just invite us into a meal with him. Jesus is the meal. That's the, the idea. And so in, in essence, every meal is designed to be the Lord's Supper. When we can come together as, as people of faith, we come together with a recognition that it's not in our own strength or ability that we're going to get everything together in our life, but it's this connection with the God who is the bread of life. And so when we eat together as people of faith, we always eat the Lord's Supper, acknowledging that it's in God's strength where we have our sustenance, where we are sustained, and where we have our uh, power. And so, again, we see why eating together is so essential for the bonding of the community of faith. No wonder they were devoted to eating together. I mean, we, we, every other thing we acknowledge, like, okay, being devoted to, to the Bible and to the apostles' teaching. Oh, that totally makes sense. Being devoted to prayer that we're going to talk about next week. Okay, being devoted to the church, the fellowship. I get that. This is going in farther and saying, be devoted to eating together. They ate together. That was an important, such an important part of it that they were to be laser-focused on doing it together, and yet it can be challenging for us because of all of the reasons. But Jesus invites us into a meal. By the way, the great promise of the book of Revelation is that, that when Jesus returns again, there is going to be a great feast, like a wedding feast. And again, Jesus is going to sit down with all of those who have chosen to embrace him as the bread of life, and he's going to have a meal, a meal. Meals are so essential and important to the community of faith, and God is inviting us, as we think about what kind of community we want to be here at Avon Hope, to be a community that enjoys meals together. Now, thank God that this sermon is coming on a day when we have potluck. Wouldn't that be, that would be awkward. That would be awkward. But today, I can, I, I don't know if you can smell it, but the aroma is rising because they are right, literally right underneath of us right now. And so they are preparing a, a, a meal for us. And now, like, we didn't exactly set this up like this today because, you know, it just so happened that there's a meal today, thank God. In a, in a few minutes, Annette is going to talk to you about our kitchen. I mean, there's another, there's another, I mean, I don't, this, this is sounding like we're just really getting into advertisements here, but, you know, we have a terrible kitchen and we are trying to renovate it and, and so on so that we can have more meals together. And so the case, though, I'm making to you is like, look, this is, this is a God idea. Eating together is important for the building of community. It's not just something that's superfluous that we do, you know, because we have to do. Like, God is like, you've got to eat together. And the science is there to show that it actually does have an impact. It's healthy for us to exist as a community that eats together. And so we want to eat together. And so my, my, my invitation to you today is to find someone that you haven't uh, eaten with recently and, and eat with them whether it's today downstairs at the fellowship meal that you hopefully will stick around for, or, or, or maybe it's, it's outside of the, 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 the walls here of Avon Hope. Maybe there's someone that you need to connect with that you haven't connected with in a while, and now's the time to call them out up and invite them over or out for a meal together because meal, meals together build community, and meals are something that the church should be devoted to. And we want to be devoted to that at Advent Hope. That's why we're trying to figure out ways that we can eat together more often. And this isn't just because we like eating together, which we do, but eating together builds 
community. And so we're going to work to figure out how we can eat together because of the conviction that this is a biblical mandate for a community to be healthy, that we've we got to figure out a way to eat together. And Jesus is the center of that. He invites us into meals with him, and then he presents himself as the one who truly sustains us, who's the center of our meal, who's the bread of life, and in him we have hope that we can be the kind of people God is calling us to be and that we can become the kind of community that God desires for his people to live in. So as we continue this journey thinking about the New Testament church and we try to wrestle with what the implications are for us, may we, as a community that is Advent Hope, uh, be a community that is dedicated and devoted to eating together, to bonding together, to getting to know each other, to being engaged with each other, even though we're messy and other people are messy. May God do that in our community and our experience today. Amen.